0: when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. I'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Here at Ruinous, we use Isotope from top to bottom in all of our podcast production. Check it out at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. And for 10% off their software, enter code FRET10 at checkout.
1: Enjoy the show.
0: Hey, Daniel, how you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. Thanks for getting on the airwaves to help me with my work. Much appreciated. Of course,
0: my pleasure. It's nice to talk to you. Nice to meet you again. I think we met on stage
1: (laughs) once. (laughs)
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. Where,
1: where are you? I'm in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see my studio in the background there. Yeah, um, sort of a two sets of tannoy gold stacked up together. I see that. And, uh, I'm not running any subs, so they're full range, and I, I do my best mixes in this studio. Even though LA, I have the same console, but the mixes come out better here. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, have you been? Um, back and forth over the the last year or have you mostly been up in
1: toronto we were in los angeles right up until march and then we we left and came to toronto to finish the mixes for the uh, heavy sun project up here how's
0: the pandemic slash vaccine rollout feeling up there in toronto
1: well we're it's a big city here toronto so we we have some of the same problems and concerns um I don't think as bad as Los Angeles, but um, everybody remains hopeful and things are getting a little better. Mm-hmm. I've not had the vaccine yet, so we're still looking into that. It's not as available as it is in the States.
2: in Yeah.
0: And it's still tricky here in Seattle to get one. I've been trying to help a few people get them and it's confusing and it's tough.
1: Yeah. I guess they're going to send some the the frontline people in first and then the elderly and so on. So.
0: Sure. So in the last year, what's what's a day in a life look like for you? Do you have a routine?
1: <laughs> I do have a routine. I'm an early riser, mm-hmm. and I come to my studio uh, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one that you're seeing here is in, in an old uh, Buddhist temple that I got about 10 years ago. The monks moved out, and I took it, and I hook up here with Wayne Lorenz, and he's my co-producer, and currently I'm doing piano composition.
2: <laughs> um, oh, yeah.
1: We have this Heavy Sun record coming out March 19, I believe, and so there'll be a lot of promotion about that. But as you know, you know, uh, it takes a while for the campaigns to uh, align themselves, to finish works. So even though it's new to the airwaves, uh, it's almost as if that was last year's record for me. I
0: got gotcha. uh, yeah. But
1: I, I stand by that Heavy Sun record. It's got a lot of soul. But currently, uh, I'm solo piano. Uh, My friend Margaret Marison likes my piano playing. She said, You should make a piano record. So that's what we're doing.
0: (laughs) All right. That sounds nice. Outside of your studio work and your studio routine, have you fallen into any of the heavy TV watching that? A lot of people have fallen into or 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 have you read any good books
1: um i was just given a book uh, a norwegian book that has a translation so that'll be my next book but i've been catching up on some docs um Mm -hmm. you know i like uh if i'm to watch a film i like it to be feeding me some kind of uh history and so even something you know uh, as a documentary on Hugh Hefner and the rise of Playboy and what was happening in the 50s with music and the 60s and all that. So part of the Cultural Revolution, it was an eye-opener for me to watch that. And so I had a good time with that because uh, I didn't realize the risks that he took by having black artists on very white shows that he had. And he, he went against the grain of the advice that he was given you know his efforts were such that a lot of people got to hear the black artists of the time, right? And uh, so he was, all Playboy uh, nudies aside, it was interesting for me to be exposed to his dreams and and uh, how he saw the world and how he bucked culture at the time and broke broke all the rules, you know.
0: <laughs> right. What was it called? Was it the Playhouse, the TV show? Playboy oh. After Dark. That's right. And they had they featured bands
1: and stuff yeah that yeah right? yeah the uh they had all kind of entertainment on there
0: yeah and uh Comedy and he'd do
1: a little talk with the artists before they played and it was kind of sweet kind of old-fashioned you know
0: right
1: obviously staged and uh, right uh, but it was something kind of nice about it uh, i appreciated how american it all was and and that uh, was a very brave journey that he took us on
0: yeah so there's this this idea that a lot of the behaviors that we've adopted during the pandemic will retain, and our world's never going to be the same again. My fairly shallow, I admit, view on this is blinded by the eagerness to get back to work and get touring. <laughs> um, and my quick, dumb answer is, fuck that. We're all going to go eat in restaurants. We're all going to go to shows. <laughs> We're all going to go back to school with the exception of going back to work. I think corporations might see the light in saving a little money on paying rent on giant skyscrapers and keeping people chained to their desk at home. But um, how do you see that? Do you think our world has changed forever or, you know, somewhere in between where we do keep some of these behaviors for the better?
1: I think we're going to see the Roaring Twenties because we are in the twenties, so it's a hundred years later. Uh, I think people are just going to want to get out of their skins and do special things. So we'll see a Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe you're right with um, it's going to affect business and you know the the company that I deal with here in Toronto called E1. They have a massive complex in Los Angeles and an entire floor of one of those beautiful office buildings, and they don't have a soul in there now. And I'm sure. After the pandemic, the uh, the brass are going to look at the bottom lines and say, well, hey, the going's pretty good. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be paying rent in, uh, uh, on Wilshire Boulevard or wherever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think what's kind of good about it here in Toronto is... People are a little more relaxed about, uh, you know, you can, I can go to the bar across the street and get a drink and take it home. That was considered mm-hmm. il- illegal there a year and a half ago. You know, I think we're going to get to, there'll be a little more sidewalk, curbside action, uh, deliveries. Uh, I think it's going to open up a lot of other kind of businesses in neighborhoods.
0: And have you done a lot of pandemic style recording have you done much remote recording you transferring files back and forth or have you gotten together with people in the room
1: i haven't done uh, any kind of uh, recording exchange Uh, i did a little bit of that with eno i guess we reissued apollo and there was some whole other set of Mm -hmm titles that were included but that, that happened just before pandemic uh, mm-hmm. but since then I've just been here with Wayne Lorenz or, or shacked up in the studio here doing these piano recordings um, uh, I get sent material it's always nice to hear what people are up to but I've not done that much uh, file sharing and overdubbing right. uh, you know in, in different cities uh, it's not I don't do my best work with that although we did something for uh, an old friend Joe Henry he sent me uh he said, Would you play steel guitar on this piece of music? And I tried and it. it didn't sound very good. So I deconstructed um Joe's piece and rebuilt it and oh. I added woodwinds and this and that and the other things. So I did a more of a Bernard Herman uh arrangement on top of his tune. I chopped it up and everything. I did so much. And I said, Joe, I did, couldn't play the steel guitar because it doesn't sound any good, but I'm sending you what might be a nice prelude to the song. Mm-hmm. And he, he loved it. So I guess that's that's the main thing we've done. Uh, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun doing it, but it was a complete, you know, uh, I just rebuilt the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that
0: sounds cool. Can we hear that yet?
1: i um, will be on Joe's album, uh, and I don't know where he's at with that. That's, uh, okay. I think it's a prelude to song that I know. All right. Yeah, very we'll nice. Look for piece. It. Yeah, man.
0: And did you have any live performances booked in 21 or do you?
1: Uh well we we had to cancel our summer west coast tour mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit. Um and now there's talk of uh, some hopefuls you know wanting to book shows in in uh, Scandinavia. So we're mm-hmm. talking to some folks out there, but uh, but that's a long time now. I think we're aiming for like a year and a half from now. Right. Uh, but who knows how long this is going to drag on, you know. Uh, but it's not a nice feeling, you know, for those of us who get juiced up and like to play live. And I know you guys like to play live, so there's no substitute for that, you know. I mean, we're pretty good studio rats, but you find out a lot about your music when you have some folks that you're communicating to live.
0: Yeah, and... I see you as someone who performs in the studio, uh, whether it's instrumentation, sonic, manipulation, vocals. I just feel that in your production and your recordings. Do you feel like you are performing in the studio when you're producing or engineering something? And does that scratch that performance itch for you, like playing live? Do you prefer either?
1: Well, there's no doubt about performance in the studio. We, We usually carry on with an idea once we have a, a little magic beginning of sorts, let's call it a seed. And that seed will usually come from um, a stroke of live performance or maybe a bit of, uh, I do a lot of processing with dubs and samples and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I might try it 20 times and it doesn't work, but then that 21st time, you know, I'll get something that's really special and then that'll be enough for me to go on. So the, the beginnings of things are, are usually performance-based, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably one of the few people that doesn't use uh, automated mixing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, we keep track of our effects and this and that. And I print a lot of the effects as we go along. So let's say we get a really cool drum echo. Uh, we don't rely on a plug-in or some way of returning back to it. I, I print it right on the multitrack and treat it like a, another instrument overdub. Mm-hmm. So that really uh, that allows me to... Uh, encapsulate or or have a proper snapshot of the thing we're excited about at the moment and it gets printed uh does that dovetail into live performance well here's where it gets interesting because we part of the set we go electro we call it so i bring a little eight track playback systems a little digital just on a laptop through uh some converters and i have my my mixer right on stage i just use a mackie and a bit of processing boxes so the thing that i do in the studio we get to, to have a go at that uh, live and kyle crane is great at playing uh, to fix time so he loves all this mm-hmm. stuff
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and do you like playing live and touring hitting the road
1: we like hitting the road because it's exciting, and it's a show, and it's going to happen no matter what. So it forces you <laughs> to be resourceful. You know, you might not yeah. feel great, or this and that. You know, there might be five reasons and not do it, but you you got to show up. Yeah. And it's um, there's a little bit of a sameness to the studio. You know, I, I show up in the studio because I don't want to let my mates down. I might not be feeling great. I might not have any ideas, but an hour into that day, I will have. New ideas because that's just what happens when you're around talented folks. Um, sure. But we like the pressure of deadlines. Um, we get to be creative in our own sandbox here, but there's nothing like uh, it's got to be ready for the end of the week and blah, 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 it needs to be shorter. You know, it pushes you to make decisions, and we like decisions.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Well, I want to play Power off Heavy Sun, and that comes out. March 19th, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. I think the
1: album comes out, yeah, March 19th. Yeah, March
0: 19th. Yeah. All right, let's hear Power from Heavy Sun.
1: It's pretty far out. the uh, the, uh, the high voice uh, is Mary Shepard, uh, Johnny Shepard, who sings with us and plays the organ. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary is his wife, and she's she sings soprano in the in the church choir, <laughs> so she happened to be at the house, and we asked her to sing the top part. So it's it's rare to hear uh, a voice that high.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you did this all in. Toronto right at your studio there no the
1: most of the work on power was done in Los Angeles I have a,
0: oh I'm sorry yeah yep.
1: and uh but we mixed it we mixed it in Toronto that's right okay um and yeah did all the finishing touches up here
0: yeah when I first heard it it reminded me instantly of this band or this project called African head charge do you know that band uh oh. on you Adrian Sherwood
1: sounds like i I might like it it's a great title (laughs) but I'm not familiar um, with them now
0: yeah Adrian Sherwood is a British dub artist and it started roughly around 1980 I think and I hate this term but I think people call it second wave dub because it's not Jamaican it's British okay yeah yeah Um, Um, but anyways it it just it reminds me of that whole on you uh, vibe it's really great uh, I'll send you I'll send you some stuff oh yeah
1: I appreciate the tip yeah man yeah, it's quite a groove on that power, isn't it? That the uh, that's that's Brian Blade playing on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That southern feel.
0: Yeah, and that um, the bass line.
1: Yeah, the bass line. Uh,
0: that kills me.
1: Some of it, uh, it's a hybrid. Uh, uh, I think it's three different bass players on that. I'm playing the. There's an ornamental part. Downbeat. Uh, that's me, and then I played the the synth, the sub fatty. And then uh, Jim Wilson did the rest.
0: <laughs> and of course, I hear the the gospel. Um, one interesting thing about that for my ears is I feel like the backing vocals carry the whole song, which is new to me. It's a little bit unusual. Where it is, when I think about the song when I'm not hearing it, I think of two things: the backing vocals and the bass line. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's just. Right up my alley, I like
1: it <laughs> yeah. why not? I mean the group singing is so much fun, and I think people really feel the uh the cooperation that uh, comes with harmony singing, and uh, these are times of cooperation you know, i think there's there's something touching about the uh, the harmony singing, and that it's it's not a a central character it has congregation in it so um we weren't aiming for that. You know, it just turned out to be a byproduct of our little gang there. We, you know, it's a harmony group uh, with, Har- with Rocco DeLuca, uh, Jim Wilson, Johnny Shepard, and myself. And we loved singing together. Oh, it was a lot of fun when we were making the record. And I lay around around the corner. It's a little club called, from my house, a little club called Zebulon. So we mm-hmm. got to go there every Tuesday night and try out the, uh, the arrangements. So it was very helpful uh, in regards oh, to bet. what you were talking about earlier, you know, the do we, how do we like playing live? Well, you can learn about a lot about your record if, uh, if you have the luxury of taking the material around the corner to a club and, and see what the reaction is. So it, was, it was very... Uh, it was, I really enjoyed the process. But all yeah. the backgrounds, vocals were done uh, at the console. Um, I've been telling people about my little technique here. Nobody behind glass, no headphones. We sang right at the console to uh, our, little, our little speakers, quiet speakers. And uh, no vocals in the in the P.A. just just our voices acoustically in the room, and I find that it makes for a certain kind of blend when you can hear your mates a little bit like kitchen singing. So mm-hmm. you, and then I Wayne would set up four mics for us, and then I did, did all my own punches one stanza at a time. So it was nice. Uh, I think it, we you can feel the the presence of people on this, uh, and maybe certainly with the vocals. Uh, we didn't use any auto-tuning or anything, so for better or for worse, at least I think people feel the uh, the human aspect of it, you know.
0: Yeah, no better time. We need everything we can to feel like a human right now.
1: Yeah, man, joy hasn't gotten <laughs> out of fashion. you know? That's right. So if we can... Uh, I feel... I stand by the record that way, you know. I think it's got a lot of spirit in it. Uh, and uh, so if we can bring... a can fill people's hearts a little bit, then, uh, then let it be
0: believe that's gonna happen from what I've heard. Have you you been digging any new tunes lately?
1: Um, I was asked to do a a radio show with a a local um, personality here in Toronto, so I started going through some material and uh, I guess one of the new things that I heard that I kind of like, I like 50 Cent's new track. He's got a single out right Mm -hmm. now. Really good, excellent bottom end, bass line. And I, I really, uh, I was able to appreciate his voice in a different way this time, and I, I detected a little bit of what I remember about Suggy Otis, in my timbre. I felt uh, similar timbre in Fifty Cent's voice. So, anyhow, I, I listened to hip hop radio on the way home because they often have the most inventive sonics. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Well, um, I'm gonna let you go here in a second, but yeah, I. No um...
1: panic here, man. We're all fine. So. Okay.
0: Um, what do you mostly look forward to when, when we are back to normal?
1: I always like to, you know, when we were on the road, um, I'd check into the hotel and go immediately to the bar because you know, oftentimes we arrive the night before and then get to sleep mm. and do the show the next day. But I always enjoyed, uh, meeting somebody at the bar and having a, a martini or something. It was a little bit of a, kind of uh, when you're on the road you know you're it's a little bit stolen time you know you don't ha- don't have mm-hmm. all the home responsibilities so I enjoyed yeah. the the cocktail culture that we had access to I remember meeting Emmy Lou uh where we were, I think it was Stockholm and we both happened to be there doing different things but I met her in the bar and we had a, a little drink it was nice you know so I missed the spontaneity of of uh I guess it's a culture that Chicago is pretty familiar with. You know, it's kind of after work, you know, the whole uh, business carries on in those beautiful bars down there. And so I, I like to think of myself as part of that culture somehow in a musical way. So it's taken a little bit of the spontaneity uh, out of my my day. But, um, hey, man, you know, the uh, luckily I can carry on working here because I'm just doing solo piano. So uh, we're yeah. good for a while. But I can't wait to... Everything come back to normal and hang out at the local bar and have that martini, yeah, dirty, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. I try not to be falsely hopeful, but I do truly believe we see a little little bit. do you you have any recommendations or advice for us to get to that pinprick of light that we're heading towards?
1: You know, for me, there's always light uh, i'm I don't know if I just came out of the box this way, but uh, you know as much as crusty and and uh cynical as I might guess no and again, I'm generally a very productive and positive person you know I've been making records since I was a kid, and we continue to refine our skills and we bump into new ideas every day and never we've never had a dull moment you know maybe, maybe we lean on a couple of the old sounds if if we find that's appropriate, but every day is, is something new for me, you know, and I'm not a piano player. So this piano journey has pushed me to a place melodically. So I have a better understanding of uh, harmonic structure and, and, chordal arrangements and, you know, support roles to the melody. And my education just keeps broadening. And I think that isn't that great if that, uh, that life offers that by pandemic and otherwise.
0: <laughs> yeah. And what, do we have a name for this piano project?
1: The piano project does not have a name. I was okay. just calling it piano. And oh, Coming right. up with a nice, uh, nice cover for that, um, and I did it just on the recommendation of a friend who likes my piano playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've I've come to find out through uh, speaking couple of the heads down at the label, and they say, oh, do you realize piano records are really big right now? I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) He said, just weird it up a little bit, but solo piano otherwise. I said, okay, you're on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I look forward to that and um, also look forward to Heavy Sun, which will be out March 19th. Um, Thanks for your time. It's been nice to talk to you, and hopefully... I'll run into you at Zebulon. I'll buy you a dirty martini. We can continue this conversation.
1: Okay. And then we're both members of the drum club. Don't forget that. Now we got
0: to. I'll never forget that.
1: Okay. Well, very nice speaking with you. All and I right. uh, hope to see you on the West Coast. All right.
0: Yeah, man. Okay. I'll see you down the road. Okay, thank, thank you very much. Right, bye. bye.
2: Son, somebody said, work so hard. Come on and get on out of that seat now. We're gonna roll on down the road. So far we go, yeah. Now you can call. Another heavy sun Look at yonder Rita Standing in the stand Tell me what's in her hand She said come on to the shack Boy Cause there ain't no turning back And you can call your friends She told me to tell them To check their egos at the door Oh yeah Cause everything is jumping over here Now Talking about